The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here he is, Brandon. Welcome back to the Brandon Peter Show and the final piece of our farewell DCEU retrospective. Today looks at Black Adam, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, The Flash, and Blue Beetle. As always, bye bye side from Puck and the outside scoop, which this week is mint chocolate chip, Scott Mendelson. <laughs> always a pleasure to be back. Uh, by the time this airs, I'll be in my first week of going it alone. And so far, so good. Awesome. That's good to hear. Uh, all right. And from. Give me money. Uh, Substack. Okay. Outside scoop. Please donate. If you want Scott back on the show, you got to donate. Summer of 2004 at 20 holds in the balance. <laughs> All right. There you go. There's my pitch for you. Uh, and also, uh, not begging for your money here, <laughs> but bringing the riches to this show from We Live Entertainment and host of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, Aaron Newworth. Supporting myself. <laughs> Fuck you. You don't have kids. All right, so we, <laughs> uh, we have the summer of '93 gang back in tow here. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we we show up in places on podcasts and commentaries here out now. Uh, blue, blue ribbon cuttings for the fugitive 4K releases. Did we all is, go? Right, we were there. We were there. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, before I start this one, I needed to mention something. So I record ahead of time a lot, and I don't know where these fall or things that you know things are so far ahead. Taking a break, uh, I want to mention I've done some voice acting worth work uh, worth huh, uh, for a, a podcast called the Earth Two Podcast. Uh, it's from David Steele and Peter Watson. Uh, since last summer, at some point. Uh, I can't remember exactly when, but uh, they've been having me return to play different characters in uh, live, uh, not live, but readings, like acting out old uh, DC comic books uh, from different eras. I have played the Green Lantern. Uh, I'm currently playing the Ray. Last month during um, November, for the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who, they were there was villains throughout DC called Mister Who, uh, and I played uh, one of the Mister Who iterations there, as well as some other little side characters and whatnot. So I uh, appreciate them. So check them out, Earth 2 Podcast. Uh, you can hear these pipes trying to make different voices and probably failing at it miserably. But uh, I'm sure you made a great well. John Stewart. I wasn't. It's, it's <laughs> weird that you only played the black versions of all these characters. I know, <laughs> right? <I> <laughs> I'm not. I'm just going to say thank you. <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna make a smart aleck out of context remark that could happen there. Um, Mash that subscribe button. <laughs> I told them. Earth, I told them Julie Newmar was my favorite Catwoman, but they gave me Eartha Kitt. So what can I do? Uh, all right. So Aaron, as we have done with before going into these movies, since you're new here, not I mean new to this retrospective here, uh, your thoughts. On DC Comics, the characters, the movies, and stuff 
in general. And then, your thoughts on this run of DC movies, starting with Man of Steel, and coming all the way up to Blue Beetle here. So you get the whole, we've, we've been through them all. Good, that's what I wanted. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a DC guy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big Batman guy. Now that that's been my thing for like when I was growing up, the, um, the, the comic book, there's multiple comic book characters. I certainly attached myself to early on. It was like silver surfer and, um, and, uh, uh nightcrawler. Those are for, which are Marvel, obviously, uh, as I got older, like Spider-Man made its way in there and Batman, largely because I think the cartoons made him so prevalent, uh, during the nineties. Um, and then like Batman for a good long time was like my, my guy, like I'm wearing Batman, like right now. Like, I mean, it's like, there's, there's plenty mm. of Batman. <laughs> um, and it didn't hurt that like Nolan started knocking films out of the park with like that version of it. I was into a lot of the comics from like Jeff Loeb and um, Jim Sale and things. So it's like there was a lot of good Batman work going around. Other DC centric stuff was just less interesting to me. Not that I didn't like care for, it, but it's just like I wasn't like picking up flashes from my comics um, or you know like there would be special event stuff like some of the Crisis books or like certain like you know event type titles or what have you. But like it. Comics wise, like that wasn't necessarily my area. I was certain, you know, movie wise and all that. Certainly, I was rooting for this stuff to be good, as I think any of us are. Like, we mm-hmm. always want versions of these, you know, flashy characters to, no pun intended, to like come to life in a way that's inspiring and good. Uh, especially, you know, you have Scott, you know, Batman, who's essentially your favorite film ever for like a time. I mean, you want things to be at least at that zone. <laughs> and we repeatedly started just not getting that for a bit. Um, so, you know, it didn't affect my like thoughts on the DC area. It's just more like a constantly, you know, wanting to get you know more that works out of it or whatnot. But yeah, Batman is like where my fandom was in the realm of DC. Gotcha. Uh, I forgot to mention here, Scott, over these episodes, the the Flash television series. That was something I grew up on as well. Like because we get we've been mentioning Batman the animated series uh, and the Burton movies, but right in there they they had one season starring John Wesley Ship. Uh, of Batman of the Flash, which was try like kind of Burton inspired. Oh yeah, with, with the, the that that yeah. Yeah. and then uh, it had Mark Hamill in it. Uh, so good that they put him back in the other Flash series. But um, it was a interesting little show for a year. And then you know we had mentioned because we had mentioned Lois and Clark as well. But here's the other thing too. I I I was never much of a Superman person. That's what a lot of people say. That's like, what a act- lot of people say. Not like actively against Superman. Like I watched that show also, the new Superman Adventures, where like you know when that you know the that was like three seasons of that came out. Like I was watching yeah. like, watch Justice League, but I watched that one, and I think part of it's because I didn't. I don't think I like really saw Superman the movie until I was in college. Like I know I'd seen portions of it, and maybe like I had seen it when I was really young, but it just didn't stick out in my memory in the same way Batman did. Um, but like when I got when I eventually saw that movie. And then I saw two. I was like, well, why is this not the version I'm always like? I love this. This is give me all this all day. And then just looking at like the rest of Superman since then, it's like, we really haven't gotten that. (laughs) That's just not where we are. Even with the, the, um, the, um, the animated series, which does a good, because at least has more than one fucking villain. Like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, that's right. There's a whole fucking rogues gallery like, people I, can choose from, and not just these two guys all the time. Like, or Richard Pryor. Like, we can actually yeah. do something. Well, Richard Pryor and guy that's pretty much the other guy. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, guy that's like, you know, Gene Hackman wouldn't come back for very complicated reasons that we don't have time to get into right now. <laughs> and a character that's kind of sort of brainiac for 10 seconds at the end. So like yeah. when I when I did eventually see the Superman, the, the Donner Lester movies, like that grew my appreciation a bit more because I'm like, well, clearly there's stuff to work with here. I just wish we actually because returns. Oh, I really uh, diminished. <laughs> like, like as I was coming up with the seeing those movies, seeing Returns, like, and we went right back down again with this. But then I started reading some of the books, like Red Sun, uh, you know, some of the ones that just did like interesting stuff with Superman. It's like, okay, like there's a, if you have the right writer, you can make this guy work. And it's not, I mean, what am I just, what, I'm some asshole. Like Superman's been around for 70 years. Like it's not, it's not like he hasn't worked for people. But, but yeah, so that's, generally like where i am with like dc stuff like i you know i certainly have plenty of knowledge of the of the the of the whole enterprise and whatnot but like batman centric would be my like main go-to on that gotcha yeah uh i think with superman maybe you just had to be around when he was the only game in town kind of perhaps but, but it's not like when i mean when when the movie serials first started, there was Superman, there was Batman, there was Captain America, Captain Marvel. There, there were. There I like were the George Reeves show. I mean, obviously, yeah, like, there, reruns of that. But I like the George Reeves show. Mostly. George Reeves show. I mean, then there was, and while he had movies, Wonder Woman was on TV as well as the Hulk, and then there was the Superboy TV show. Like Superman, I think maybe because Superman relegated to TV for a bit. That I never watched I like know, the Clark, for example. Like, yeah. I never watched that, and I didn't watch Smallville. So. Yeah, I just, just because they like probably because of like I was a lack of interest in Superman. Like, well, why would I want to watch a teen drama about Superman if I don't care about Superman? Yeah. <laughs> that's where I was. I will say this though, on the counter side of this, which is Marvel, of course, being a '90s child, I still avoided the Todd McFarlane Venom craze that was going on, and like I, I was never oh. in either Venom, was, Spawn, was, uh, was, all the Punisher. I was, aware, I was I was outside of that area of stuff too. I was just like yeah, X Men, great Spider Man, cool. Like, but Asriel like, was as hardcore as I could go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, we all we all loved Morph. That was our big thing. So that was Oh yeah, you know, Morph, Morph, yeah. Morph. Morph. We all studied law so we could get Morph out of jail. That was our big deal with or no beast out of jail. Morph just like kinda died. Right, yeah. He came back. He came back. Morph the and ultimate he was, and he was evil. He was bad Morph. Damn you, sinister. <sighs> I like the idea of thinking like like X Men yearbooks and there's like a like a piece of black and white tape that says Morph on. It's like yeah, we're fighting Morph. Remember him? <laughs> he was great. Gotcha. Uh, okay, okay. So <laughs> sorry. All right. Speaking of not caring much for Superman, let's get to Black Adam, our first film. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You didn't ask the other question. The other question. What about the universe? Oh, the hierarchy. No, but what I think of the DCEU. Oh, oh, I thought you'd uh, you kind of brushed it. But go ahead. Go ahead before we talk well, about Blatham. I'll, I'll tell you what I think of the DCEU. Right. I, I was trying to think of like, like, what do I think of this? And I was like, well, let me, what if I just mapped it out? So I did. I mapped the whole thing out. The fuck? I the DCEU. <laughs> and so it made it really simple for me. So right. like we... <laughs> it, it it really has a lot of peaks and valleys. It's like a roller coaster that's crazy. Oh like, shit! We, we start off like, eh, all right, like with Man of Steel. Then we like go a little bit up, in my opinion, with BVS. It's like, well, there's something here. 
Then we drop well, fucking immediately down with the suicide stuff. Then we rocket <laughs> raid back to the top. Of the room. And then we go slightly down again with Justice League. Then we like. Then we have a cool period here because we get to like Aquaman, Shazam, Chikaz, uh, Birds of Prey. Uh, 84 I don't mind as much as many people seem to. Zack Snyder's Justice League I don't love but I don't hate it by any means. It's fine. Then like these Suicide Squad's like here we go. Like good James Gunn came in here and did something good. Then like we have this weird drip again. We're like we're going to talk about these other movies but like it's like a steady <laughs> climb and then like we're done with this so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> and then there's like we have like Joker around here. We got a Batman and a Peacemaker. Like I don't know what this thing is. Like it's it's, it's this wacky universe. It's That's what I love about it. That's what I love about it. All right. <laughs> Speaking of chaos, do you feel it? Black Adam. Black Adam. We're here to negotiate your peaceful surrender. I'm not peaceful. Nor do I surrender. It's his darkness that lets him do what heroes cannot. The battle you're meant to fight is upon us. There's no one on this planet that can stop me. Black Adam, Ready PG-13, October 21st. Directed by Jean-Claude Serra. Uh, written by Adam Stakel, St- uh, uh, Rory Haynes, and Sorab uh, Noshirvani. Starring Dwayne Johnson, Sarah Shahi, Aldous Hodge, Pierce Brosnan, Quintessa Swindell, Marwan Kansari, Noah Centennial, Mohammed Amer, Jennifer Holland, Henry Winkler, Viola Davis, Jaman Hansu, and Henry Cavill as Superman. Nearly 5,000 years after he was bestowed with the almighty powers of the Egyptian gods and imprisoned just as quickly, Black Adam is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his unique form of justice on the modern world. So this is a not only the next DC film in line, this is a Dwayne Johnson passion project. And we're just... So when I lived in Los Angeles, and Scott and I would get tea all the time, uh, I had a friend whose roommate was involved with the comics to movies business, mainly over at Sony. Uh, but around 2006, 2007, I was informed that The Rock was a big fan of Black Adam and was trying to get a movie produced. This is pre-DCEU, even. So this is like 06, 07. Pre-Iron so, Man. Yeah, pre-Iron Man. So, this is, so if people think he hopped on a train or like, oh, I'll find a character for me... He was looking to hope this was like the one he wanted to do, the who he wanted to play, everything else. So this dates back a while. And then this is the movie we got. So huh? Can you feel it? I I can smell what I can smell what it's cooking. All the senses I think were activated when the hierarchy of the DC universe changed. And boy, did it, uh, Aaron. So we'll, we'll start with you since you're your first uh, hopping, first one hopping on here. Uh, Black Adam, your thoughts? Um, 
So I've seen this movie twice in full now. I saw it the first time in theaters at the press screening, and then I saw it, I revisited this past week for this podcast. And um, it's, it, it, it's wild how well this hasn't aged in like the four months between I've seen or like the year, I guess, that I've seen it. <laughs> uh, it's not even that like it suddenly turned super bad or anything. It's just more of like, there's not a lot here. Like I was giving a lot of, I think, the benefit of the doubt to watching it the first time. And I certainly, like, I like it still now as far as, well, we did this once, I guess. And the same way I feel about, like, Skyscraper or other Dwayne Johnson movies at this point, where he gets ingredients, he there's effort being put into it, and the final project just feels like another one of these. I feel like that's, like, the result of so many of his movies these days, and that's unfortunate, because I ideally want to root for The Rock. Uh, but, like, for a character like this, where, like, the idea is, you've seen the other heroes, here's the one that's really going to go go in a different direction that's dark for both me as an actor, Dwayne Johnson, as well as the DC universe. It's a generic superhero movie. Like it doesn't have anything that's all that interesting to offer outside of seeing the rock and other cast members in their iteration of this, which is unfortunate. Like the whole idea is I'm, you know, I'm not a superhero. What you know, I'm not, I'm not a guy. I'm not a hero. And the first thing he does is, save a woman in peril from people shooting at him who are bad guys like <laughs> every and everything he proceeds to do is because they're essentially you know terrorists or armed bad guys fighting at people so it's like well yeah i'm gonna stop that there's like there's nothing here that makes him this dark character that's an anti-hero no matter how much he the marketing or anybody else involved wants to say that he's an anti-hero even watching hawkman hawkman um and Dr. Fate and everybody like going around, it's like, we got to stop this guy. It's like, I mean, he's taking out bad guys, like hire him. Like, I don't know. What, what's the problem? <laughs> like, give, him a, give him a W2. Like, what's what's the problem here? Let him have uh, a tryout. Come on. I I think The the Rock has an issue in this film that's similar to Will Smith and After Earth, where it's here's two guys that are the most charismatic people on Earth. And what if we said no charisma as if that's a challenge for them? And that makes it a lot less fun to watch them on screen that way. Like, the thing I want to see with The Rock, if he's not going to challenge himself like he used to do in the 2000s, well, then I want to see him be, like, the fun Rock. I'll never know what his Shazam would have looked like, because I know, like, this has been a thing for a while with him. But, like, I remember it was it was a matter of him being like, you can be Shazam, I want to be Black Adam. It seems more interesting. It's like, okay, cool. Let's see this dark. And like, he can do that. He like the WWE stuff. He's an antihero. Like that was, that's what, that's what made him popular. The fact that he was a villain. I like, he's still, he's playing it safe here. And we can talk more about the, the attempted coup we wanted to launch on DC <laughs> to like really run the show here. But I feel like that made this suffer so much more because he wanted to not just be in the Black Adam business, but he wanted to be in the I'm I'm literally changing the hierarchy of DC business. And as a result, the film suffers because it's just like, okay, it's one of these, but what's impressive about it? There's other things in here we'll talk about, I'm sure. The, the supporting cat, the Justice Society, and the, <laughs> the the terrible villain, and whatever else. But like overall, you watch this movie and it kind of goes in one ear and on another. Yeah, 100%. Scott? Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way about this that I do about, for example, you know, the Marvels or the theatrical kind of Justice League, which in a world where these films weren't like, do or die, the entire fucking entertainment industry depends on how these films are received. I had a really good time with this gloriously stupid, comically violent, over-the-top, ridiculously colorful 
romp. It's not that colorful. I, don't, don't, let's not I, do that. It looked great when I saw it. It's a very muddy movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. You know, Jim Collette Salah, I, I butchered his name. I apologize. He's having a lot more fun here than he did in Jungle Cruise, frankly. Uh, I think there's genuine interesting filmmaking here and there in terms of just fucking around and having fun. It's more I of a like, Colette Sarah movie than Jungle Cruise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes absolutely. Yes. And I enjoy the almost Looney Tune sensibility where he's just dispatching all the bad guys in just comically PG-13 ways. And the reason why I like this movie was summed up in a critic who panned it basically saying it's a film aimed at kids about how murder is cool. And I'm like, yes, that's why it's fun. And again, it's, it's to me, you know, in ret- especially, you know, in, in retrospect, it's hard to separate this film from the way it was marketed and the way it was received. And the joke is that, you know, Dwayne Johnson comes in and says he's going to change the hierarchy of the DC universe. And in retrospect, he may have killed the superhero movie. Well, Scott, <laughs> hold on. Let, let me, we need to check with the rocks financiers first. To be sure. Okay. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm half joking. I hope, but this is the film that sort of like almost every comic book superhero movie after this one bombed. Even ones that on paper you thought would have been huge hits. But in a vacuum as a movie, I think it's fun. I like the actors. I think the two kids are charismatic and, and you know, it's a shame this isn't the kind of movie where they hook up. I enjoy his... the Justice Society people. Yes, mm. the the young adults. <laughs> yes, the young adults. I was like, there's a kid because there's that kid. No, no, that no, not the, the movie. <laughs> start skateboarding to smashing pumpkins, but making not the think... term, not John Connor. Just, um, just, to, just to remind you, this movie starts of what after the prologue that yeah. feels already ruined because we've all seen the previous for six months. So it's like, yeah, that was weird. No, that's not Black Adam. Regardless, yeah. then we yeah. jump to kid on a skateboard to, to smashing pumpkins and I'm like. So this is a period movie. We're the nineties now, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's that's it. or that is that Colette Sarah's like Steve Buscemi, hello fellow kids moments. Like, what's going on? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I do like is that it is a film that, even if it's just surface level, it does sort of do the whole, you know, who gets to decide what superheroes get to protect and or use their powers to do what. I mean, it's not certainly not as hardcore about that is say Batman v Superman or Age of Ultron, but there is a certain mild, always trying to save the world, never trying to change its sensibility, which I appreciated, even if it's just, you know, seasoning. If the, film, again, I don't, wanted, the film could have done something with that, yeah, yeah. not having this terrible devil villain, whatever the fuck that is. Well, yeah. yeah. Like, let's have a anti-hero that you so claim that you're having against the Justice Society. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's right. a movie. Right? That's, yeah, it's it's adding too much with a villain that's uninteresting from the moment he pops up on screen. Or like turn well, one of them into yeah. the, Dr. Fate into the villain or something. Like, well, do anything that, with this, because that would be interesting. Well, and that's the problem. It's like a lot of quote-unquote hero versus hero movies, you know, they cop out at the end by having them unite to face a bad or bad guy. They have to do um, a lot of things to like make Black Adam not instantly kill all of these people, given how powerful he's supposed to be. Yeah. But again, purely surface level, you know, watch it once for six bucks in an IMAX screen. I had a good time with it. But, you know, again, I, I, I certainly don't begrudge, especially after I saw the film and liked the film, was incredibly angry at how Johnson basically sold the film as everything but a Black Adam movie. And that 
you know, it's 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 the oh, yeah. search of this Superman versus Black Adam that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's this movie that's you know, fuck you, Shazam. Now Shazam doesn't matter either. Is which is you know again, you sell the movie and God, not the spinoff that might happen in six years from now. And what made me matter about that is again, I like the movie that we got. I thought it was fun, but. And we could talk the whole podcast about how he basically fucked himself up the butt, you know, again, trying to pull up a power coup on the, you know, trying to pull a January 6th on the DC universe. Um, That's not, that can't be a saying. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, I, I personally like, so it, it was hard to not let, when you watch this movie the first time, because this was only the second time I've seen it too. To not let outside things affect your judgment because it was the the hype. There's a hype train, which not that I was believing the hype train for it, but just hearing this bullshit about oh this is gonna change all this and and him not not like recognizing not like oh, respect Shazam, but like you're tied to that. You have that on your fucking chest. You got Jaman Hansu back here, all this and like like that's what you're building here. That's you and and just the the anti. I don't want anything to do with that. While and, and maybe why is it because it's for kids? And then you're making one where you've got the kid, the T two relation. You're going T two, not T one with it. Um, nobody calls it T one Terminator uh, with it. And and that's what you do. And then like you go and see this movie, you're like, that was it. That was this bit. You never left your area. Granted, I'm I'm not gonna ditch. Uh, a Western Asian city for having a superhero movie there and just, and like the, the desert visuals weren't appealing, but sometimes they, I don't know if it was an easy setting or something like that, but it just kind of bored me a bit. Cause they didn't feel like they went anywhere like else. And none of the action really stuck with me. I feel like Dwayne Johnson, I, like I want to believe that he's this big Black Adam fan, but then he did make some movie that feels like I don't think he knows much about. Like Black Adam was a villain. Grand, you can do the anti-hero thing, but he just wants to. It's it's all hero stuff, but he he's got a he's got like a chip on his shoulder. That's all it is. Like it's not. Um, it's got a prologue that I'm like, okay, all right, uh-huh. okay, 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 and. And then you get these people, it's like, how powerful is he? Fuck the villain. The Justice Society. Hey, you know what? I like Aldous Hodge, but from my experiences with Legends of Tomorrow, and now this, if a hawk person shows up, I might get a little (laughs) apprehensive. Um, (laughs) But I like Aldous Hodge, and he's doing good stuff here. Pierce Brosnan is wonderful as Dr. Fate. He might be the MVP of the film. Um, <laughs> and like i just like i get i i just like that guy he shows up in a movie i'm happy like although he Brosnan. seems to die for no reason he seems to be like i guess i gotta go now <laughs> like i don't want to do one of these man yeah <laughs> i'm out um the rock says i'm too handsome even in my old age uh <laughs> tried to grow facial hair to mess it up but nope the two young ones i like the i like so the best visuals in this movie come from the cyclone yeah. They do some neat stuff there with her. Uh, the, the the giant kid, Adam, Adam the Adam Smasher. Adam Smasher, whoo, harken to a different era of superhero with um, how he's written and stuff. But nothing grabs me in this movie really. Like I liked it more this time than before. 
But I'm just like, ah, and then, you know, it had like the end credit scene where we got Superman, and it's like, what are you gonna do with this? Like, is he gonna like if if The Rock fights Superman, he's only gonna fight him if he wins. And what's that gonna prove? Like, bow down to Black Adam. He runs the <laughs> the fight like. It's hard to know who to feel the worst for between in all of this. Zachary Levi or Henry Cavill, who's like, I guess I'm Superman again now because The Rock said I was. Like I, like it's such a weird situation because of one other man and his like whole deal of I'm I'm making an empire of Rockdom, and I'm again I like The Rock. I really and I really uh-huh. like I'm I'm like a fan. Yeah, I, li- I like but him. Boy, was this a rough couple of months here where it's like I don't know what we're doing with this guy right now. Well, can you imagine? Like he, oh my gosh, he, the way the way he brings himself as Black Adam here, you take him out of having this fucking movie and bring him into a Shazam sequel acting like he is here I'm scared as hell with and you and he's the perfect contrast to fucking Zachary Levi's Shazam that I'm yeah. like you guys have blown it that would be an event <laughs> like I would be scared to death that they might kill off Zachary Levi because the rock gets his way he doesn't lose or whatever the only ties but like what I'm just trying to think like where are you going with this I'm going to fight Superman shit. Like where, what's the idea? Cause I know he's like, he's only putting it there so he can beat him. Right. He's not putting it there. So, so and I've already done death of Superman already in this. Like what, where's this <laughs> well, they, going? They just, they just punch each other in the face until a, a big, you know, more, you know, brainiac shows up and he's like, I guess so I'm like, going to do this now. They're going to do like Harley Davidson and the Marlboro man with DC, like with these. Yes. Because that movie did well, too. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Well, it just, and part of it, part of why I was so pissed is that, you know, he basically was saying he was too good for Shazam. Yeah. A film that people liked and was a hit and got rave reviews. But instead, he was holding up Henry Cavill that in the real world, Henry Cavill's Superman, that in the real world, nobody gave a shit about and I don't know whether he was disingenuous or whether he drank the Snyder Cut Kool-Aid and seemed to project the notion that the fan base was genuine and would be big enough and engaged enough to actually propel him to the top of the DC hierarchy. And again, it's another thing that we're like, you know, Warner Brothers cannot get this fucking, you know, these, this particular portion of the discourse out of the debate, you know, this portion of the fan base out of the discourse. Okay, first up, Scott, calm down. Okay, the financiers told me some good things, so we can, yeah. we, can we can lower the stress levels a little bit about this. And Scott, if you go to if you go to if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, the fans, you know, the ones, they get it's eighty eight percent, four point four out of five for Black Adam. Okay, so it's doing all. What's the doing what's good. the verified score? That doesn't matter. It's the fans. That's where we make these movies. Remember, Amy Adams said. We make these movies for the fans, and the fans said 4.4 out of 5. You don't need to look at the 5.1 out of 10 for the critics. The people you've thrown under this bus. God. <laughs> Are you sure she wasn't talking about, like, Amsterdam or something? Nope. That was during a uh, a Superman Batman v Superman press junket interview. Ooh. They started throwing that line, and she was the first one. to. They all said it, but she was the first one. They To be fair, the fans did show up. All of them. Oh, yeah. And it got a B plus on Cinema Score because you know 
well, those I mean, fans showed up. However money, much money that amounts to, that's a different story. But well, those I, were there. I think, you know, if you want to, you know, just commercially speaking, you know, I think there was an overestimate in terms of it's a DC film and it's got Dwayne Johnson as a hero. That will be one plus one equals two. But instead, you had two demographics that mostly overlapped anyway. So the film played very successfully for a standalone solo Dwayne Johnson star vehicle. It just didn't get any kind of real boost by virtue of being Dwayne Johnson in a DC movie. And it cost $200 million. Because if you're, I don't if think, you're faster, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Black Adam. Because it's it's just not offering much that like feels new. Yeah. I mean, giving you, no. it's you another team that has justice in their name. It's like, okay, yeah. thanks for that. There's a hero that flies and has super strength. Okay, He's got that Shazam logo on there, but where's Shazam? Shazam? Like, I guess I saw that, but now it's black. And, you know, like, I mean, there's this, not. This is a universe where he kills people. Okay, this is a universe where Batman and Superman kill people. That that doesn't mean anything here. And again, honestly, because I because I don't think I I'm alone in this. The trailer shows me one very specific thing over and over again. It's the Black Adam wants revenge because his son died. And then this movie opens up like trying to throw you off the sense of that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Guys, like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> don't say this is a mid-movie reveal when we all know what this is. Like, That's not going to happen. I feel like it honestly confused audiences. It did. Thing. I was confused at first. It took me a second. Like, oh, okay. The trailer must have been misleading. Which yeah. you know, I hate to punish a movie based on the marketing, but, but I think, but I think that had six months of watching the, that trailer. At least in the sort of word of mouth, that's just like, yeah, the rock is in. It's fun, I guess. Like it's not, yeah. it's not like you got to see this. You'll never believe yeah. the kind of stuff that happens in it. No, I agree. And also, to be fair, when the film was greenlit, they probably expected China to throw in an extra hundred to one hundred and fifty. They which would have gotten it over. <laughs> um, but you know, as you know. You know, post twenty twenty, they don't give a shit anymore. So they do like black black things. They do all pretty well in China, all things considered. <laughs> I, I like to think that you know, after this summer, that you know, Jason Statham called up you know uh, Dwayne Johnson and said, <laughs> "I win," and that's why we won't get Hobbs and Shaw too. Yeah, remember how that movie made like three quarters of a billion dollars and there's no sequel announcement whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That's weird, right? Yep. <laughs> That's odd. Don't you think? Yep. A little bit. But it's um, Finn Diesel. He's the problem. Now, <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait. There should be which, some good things. cinematic that... universe do you want Dwayne Johnson to invade and destroy from the inside next? Journey Branding. 3. Um, that's, yeah. not a fr- that's not a, cine- that's just one fr- property. Give me a cinematic universe or something of that nature. Anything, any Joe Russo film. Okay, there you go. <laughs> His career. Because there, Scott, you've said you like this movie fine. I think, yeah, it's like whatever. Yeah. But like, I don't, yeah. I don't hate this movie by any means. There are good things in it. So I think we should yeah. end this, presumably, the long spiel on Black Adam with some positives. I do think, like, there's some, as much as like The Rock's playing. Johnson, whatever you want to go, as much as he's playing down his, I'm an affable man who people <laughs> like looking at. I do think there's a sense of humor that eventually kind of works its way in pretty well. Like the running joke of he doesn't use doors and he's always yeah. bursting walls is actually pretty humorous. No matter how concerned I am that a third world country is going to keep losing like real estate value. <laughs> like, <I just> like <laughs> that he's like, there's a door here and he comes through the wall every single time. That's amusing. The stuff with Hawkman and Noah Centennial, I think is fine. Like there's like, there's bits and pieces here where it's like, 
you're making there's quirky elements here that I think would like make for a more interesting superhero movie. It just like has to like stand on top of this generic plot line that has nothing to yeah. offer. There's stuff here that could have worked, I think, better, which is odd to say when there's a movie that's fucking 15 years in the making or whatever. It's like, we could have polished a few other things off here. With all the hindsight of what other movies have done, like, you feel like you could knock one of these out by now without much fuss. But I still, like, there is a, yeah. there is a goofy charm to, that's what I ultimately like about it that Scott, you're mentioning. There's a goofy charm to Black Adam that I think. Yeah, there's a droll deadpan humor that I liked. It helps it more than it hurts it. It's the other yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah, uh, my my frustration and my you know crankiness and my you know anger, for lack of a better term, about how this all played out, is partially because I liked the damn movie, and if he had just sold it as the I made a Black Adam movie, it is a lot of fun. Go see it. Who's to say I don't turned out? But I do think like 15 years from now, when people aren't thinking about the marketing or what The Rock yeah. did or when he became president, I, I think if you just you know picked it up, it's like oh Black Adam, we put that in. It's still going to look like a pretty average movie. I don't think yeah. anything's going to be like, oh, wow, this is when the movie's really clicked. It's like, eh, I don't think that's going to be the, the answer we're looking for over here. Yeah. I mean, one of the cooler, th- one of the better ways to, to make what is exactly here work is I, I would, I would argue maybe telling it from the Justice Society's point of view and making Black Adam more of an enigma and yes. more dangerous and trying to figure and not being able to completely trust him. But, Dwayne Johnson's in the movie. He's never going to allow that to happen. So yeah. that's, that's part of it there. You To fully embrace this character and what the potential he could be is there. Instead, you get these like this family being like, yeah, he's, the, he's like a bad guy. You stay away from him. He knows what's going on. It's like finally a hero for us. It feels dirty. Uh, like it was like a family of superheroes that could have challenged him in some way. If only. Um, I <laughs> that would have been marvelous. Huh. Uh, they do. Uh, they do keep the Amanda Waller and Amelia Harcourt stuff going on, carrying from the Suicide Squad to Peacemaker. Now in Black Adam, this is three things in a row. Going to be four. Steve Ag. Steve. A- he's not in this one. Steve Ag. Is not. Is he? No, no, he's, not. no, no he's not in this one. I'm thinking of that other one with that family. And we see the Justice Justice Society has a spot open in this one too. Dan, because they murdered a guy. Because yeah. <laughs> Dr. Fat uh, does not come with us, uh, but for tryouts, maybe we'll uh, see who can make it in Shazam! Fury of the Gods. How well do you remember your childhood? Rejected by your parents? Then by the system? But then something incredible happened. Say my name. Shazam! Billy, I spent millennia. Searching for a worthy champion. Give us the powers, child. Go fight for the world. Hey, Khaleesi! Sam, Fury of the Gods, rated PG-13. Directed by David F. Sandberg, written by Henry Gaden and Chris Morgan, starring Zachary Levi, uh, Asher Angel, Jack Dylan Grazer, Helen Mirren, Lucy Liu, Rachel Zegler, Adam Brody, Ross Butler, DJ Katrona, Grace Caroline Curry got that right, didn't I, Aaron? There you go. Megan Good, Jaman Hansu, Faith Herman, Ian Chen, uh, Jovan Armand, Mart Milans, Cooper Andrews, Dietrich Bader, PJ Byrne, Mark Strong, Steve Agee, Jennifer Holland, and Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. 
the film continues the story of teenage Billy Batson, who, upon reciting the magic word Shazam, is transformed into his adult superhero alter ego Shazam, which tells us nothing about this fucking movie. All right. <laughs> that was a nice one. Uh, th- <laughs> what? Good prep on that. Yeah, I know. It's like, well. <laughs> and, and some ancient sisters come and do some shit to them. Uh, that simple. That's the movie. So at this point, I'm going to start at the end here with this one. So this movie took a while to come out. It was a joke, like, they have mustaches now or something. Like, Sandberg was joking about how long this kept getting delayed and moved and stuff. At this point, we know... A favorite joke with Shazam, when he, when he does the title. <laughs> it was like, Shazam, this time they, they all have mustaches now. No. And someone uh, responded, even Darla? Especially Darla. Darla. So, <laughs> th- this... Uh, uh, Black Adam has, well, we're still calculating the financials from that, just making sure. <laughs> James Gunn, Peter Safran, they have taken over. Things are going to change. The Rock has already, I believe, said, well, we're not going to continue with Black Adam movies, I guess, folks. Or what's he do? Hey, guys, we're not going to do, we love your support and uh, cheat meal and all that. Well, anyway, so this movie, they know what they're doing behind the scenes. Why are the post credits things here? Like well, one I, of them is my one of my all time favorite post credit scenes, but I'll we'll talk about that in a second. Okay, I think it's just fucking hysterical. I I can you know if you're into okay uh, the second time I, I know the one so, you're referring to. Yes. So so this the, okay the last one yes it's funny like I felt it was it's a good <laughs> if you're into jokes it works good <laughs> with the first one but if you think it's setting up something no maybe you're just disappointed but um. Because I'm kind of like, what are you... I'm into jokes. I like jokes. I like jokes, too. I even like jokes in movies. Yes. I mean, uh, Aaron, do you like jokes in already, movies? Though, like, huh? the movie was delayed a bunch. I mean, they yeah. already made the movie. Like, what, what do you want But to do? if you're not going to continue with things, why leave... I mean, it's kind of a weird spot to leave on and leaving post credit stuff. I, I mean, it's not like it's a cliffhanger where it's like, oh, man, like... Good. Well... Like we better get something in six months from now to really let us know what the next step of this is. It feels more like a, and then this happened to this guy, I guess. Like, I mean, it's not fair. They also, you know, they make the movie, they release the movie with the, with the hope that it will make it, you know, it'll be a hit. And whatever does happen with the next DC world, if Zachary Levi wants to come along and they want him there, then great. Wonderful. That's the other thing. We don't have like a precise understanding of everything. No, we don't. But after again, a whole Aaron, year off. Sure. But again, <laughs> they made he made the movie. Like and yeah. we yeah. really want to say it's contracts or any other like other arbitrary stuff. It's that's the movie they made. I mean, I'm yeah. not gonna say like they should definitely delete this scene because it alludes to something that may not happen. Then we can change a whole bunch of other fucking movies at that I mean, game. We could, like delete we the last be- thirty minutes of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Well, look at yeah. look at the half a century, half a half a decade worth of YA adaptations we made. I mean, like, well, apply for more. Divergent right? Four is coming soon. Well, you guys just wait till twenty twenty five when Superman Legacy comes out, and I start my campaign of restore the Shazamerberg verse, restore and, the Hamada verse, and that's what we'll do. So, anyway, Scott, we'll start with you on uh, Fury. Of the gods. This is a classic example of a three-star sequel to a four-star predecessor. In that sense, yes, it is disappointing. It is more of a conventional superhero movie than the first picture. 
it does not have the, you know, by default, just because it's not in that playing that game, it does not have the same often raw character melodrama that made the first film such a treat. And for that matter, it really doesn't have a lot of the ambulant horror that made the first film such a you know treat as well. This is more of a conventional superhero sequel where basically bigger suit. And by that, I mean, is that Shazam goes up against someone that's so powerful that his powers are almost useless against them. What the hell does he do? Um, I think the film is very funny. When I, I think Desmond Ansu is hysterical. And even he said in interviews, it's like, finally, someone let me be funny. I am funny, but no one ever lets me be funny because, you know, I'm a tall, imposing black guy. He didn't say that, but that's the implication. And um, I think the kids are very amusing in this. I wish there was more of them, but by virtue of where they are, there's more stuff for the characters in costume doing somewhat generic superheroics. But again, in a vacuum, this is a fun, colorful, well-acted superhero romp with actors that I like, including Lucy Liu and Ellen Mirren and Rachel Zegler, who is, I mean, it's a thankless role, but she's fine. And I do think it's weird that, yes, having set up two really well-known Jazam bad guys with the Mr. Mind in the tease for the first film mm -hmm. and theoretically Black Adam coming down the pike, they instead use these villains that, to my knowledge, are made up for the film. There's only there's only one Black Adam post credits cameo, and it's the fucking Super Pets movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's The Rock. He's like, no, I'm not going to appear in one of these. That doesn't make any sense. Oh wait, the animated movie? Give me give me a headset. Let me record some lines over here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's 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 as a Shazam movie, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fun. I think the production values are again bigger than the budget would suggest. I like the distinctness of the kids. I, I like, frankly, I like that they play on Darla's autism in a very funny way. I like the Skittles joke. You know why? Because it's preceded by her spearing somebody in the chest with a unicorn horn. <laughs> you can do a product placement if you're spearing people in the chest with a unicorn horn. And, but I do think there's a certain total inconsistency in that the film opens with just a horrific massacre of like, three dozen innocent people and then never gets that grim ever again. And I, you know, I always wonder when I see a scene like that. You mean Dietrich, pants, Dietrich Bader walking off the building isn't grim. Well, that's well in a normal movie, that'd be the one death to show these people are willing to kill people. But you know, but the opening scene is, you know, and again, is that a the janitor lab? from peacemaker now as a museum clerk? <laughs> I didn't catch that. But anyway, I, I think in a, again, in a vacuum, I enjoyed it. It's not nearly as good as the first one, but I wasn't expecting anything as good as the first one because so much of that first film was specific in the specific foster care, you know, related journey that the kids take in the first film that are now more or less resolved. And I've been babbling for a while, so let's be else talk. All right, Aaron. Yeah, uh, I really like the first Shazam, and with a lot of the superhero movies, at least in the recent realm the sequels tend to have things to work off of that make them as good if not better in a lot of cases because you get the origin story which in many of the films are necessarily generic but you know you've seen that kind of setup before so once you get that out of the way you can actually do bigger and better things shazam is interesting because that seems like scott just said such a 
specific story that you're telling where it's like, well, how do you follow that up and make it just as effective? Because like the the greater arc of these characters is essentially solved at this point. And that's what this movie runs into because the problem is Shazam. The problem is Zachary Levi and Asher Angel who feel even more opposed to each other in this film than the first film Mm -hmm. become kind of annoying. Like (laughs) I, it, it, it's not like there's certainly fun to be had from that, from the comedy involved in this and which is specifically, but it feels like I, I get really tired out from the Shazam antics in this movie. That said, the what I think it helps emphasize about the first movie, it makes very clear in this movie, Jack Dylan Grazer's a fucking star. Like, that yeah. kid is great. Oh, yeah. Like, he's great. He He's what really helps make Shazam work a lot better because it's not just this kid's learning how to do something. It's this guy who loves the superhero stuff is getting to, like, He's he's seeing the wonder of it all happen to this other guy, and they're working together to make something. So this movie, it's like, well, what if we put him on his own for a bit with Jaimon, who's a fucking star on his own already? It's mm-hmm. like, why? Yes, give me. That's why those scenes are fantastic. Yeah. And he's the two of them. One of them, I think, is great stuff with him and Zegler, him and him and the him and Helen Mirren. Like anything, like the Jack mm-hmm. Dylan Fraser is so good in this movie that it makes me annoyed that like. I really, I don't want to dislike Zachary Levi, but like he makes Shazam really whiny and it's just not like super fun to the point where I'm like, is this what the rock saw? And he's like, he just didn't want to do this. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, one of the highlights of Shazam was now they all have powers, which Scott and I, we saw the screening together. We don't know Shazam that well, so it caught us up. We're like, that's fucking cool. (laughs) Like the Adam Brody and Megan Good and and, and Cartone. Like, it's like, what good casting all of this is. That was such a fun surprise. This movie doesn't have anything to offer in that regard. Like, we've already, the cat, you know, you've already, it's at 11. And obviously, it doesn't go past 11. So it's like, what else are we going to do here? Like, so you introduce a bunch of new stuff, and I'm down with it. Like, I'm down with seeing Ellen Mir and Lucy Liu and Zegler as. Greek goddesses from another planet, mm-hmm. however that works, and like, and um, you know, get into antics or what have you. What I mean, it, it's weird how plain it feels by comparison to the first one because I like Sandberg and I like this movie overall, but it does feel like a come down because it just don't feel like it has much of a dramatic arc to explore. Like Shazam's arc is. I hope people don't stop caring about me because I get older. Like I, it's so, a it doesn't it doesn't hit in the same way as my mom left. Like it's really difficult. Well, they're they're trying to equate the kids getting older and moving on their own with him being left again with what is what's introduced it's just, here. It's not it doesn't, yeah. they, they don't they don't, they don't emphasize that unfortunately. Because no, you no. just see like we're all here hanging around and you're the one being annoying all the time. Like yeah. it it doesn't feel dramatic in any way that's significant. And outside of that. I mean, there's not much else here beyond, yeah, there's a bad guy. We'll deal with it. Wooden Dragon's cool. Like, I'm into that. Like, there's, it just, it, for all the stuff they're throwing at you, it's because, I mean, I'm not saying it's a fatigue thing, but it's because we have a lot of spectacle thrown at us. And the cool stuff stands out. That's why we celebrate Pyacon. That's why we yeah. celebrate certain things a lot more than other things. It's not because I have too much of it. It's because some things are just better than other things. That's how it works sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just, I look at the Shazam movie and it's like, yeah, it's fun, I guess, but it's it does it doesn't feel that essential by comparison. 
Yeah, this one I like this one, but and it it does reach some of the highs from the previous one, but it doesn't surpass it in many ways, and it's sporadic when it hits those. And I think it's it need like if it, it feels it doesn't feel very tight. It's got these sequences that maybe stay a little too long, don't quite neatly fit together. Um, but I'm liking the people and what they're doing. Uh, and I think I think the villains are good. I I, re- I do, but just something's not hitting. Maybe there's just too many people here. Because the first one, while we had the whole family, we were focused on either Asher Angel and Jack Del Glazer or him and Levi most of the film. And then you had the Mark Strong story, and you had supporting players. Now they're kind of concerned with getting everybody their due, and. It's kind of, t- I don't know. It's kind of, t- because, I don't think that's the case. I don't think like I didn't get enough of certain people. I don't think yeah. I ran out of that issue. Uh, and well, by the way, well, no, it's not that they're not giving you enough. You're getting enough of them. That's what I'm saying. Is there, it's like, I don't think you're saying, there might be too many characters. I don't think there's too yeah. many characters. I don't think the movie doesn't know how to balance what we're dealing with. Yeah. I don't think, I think there's other issues, but I don't think it stems from how to juggle these people. I think yeah. other movies really mess the mark on juggling characters. Oh, but but anyway, Ask Your Angel. He's like a cameo in this movie. He is not. Yeah. A- yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. I, I, I don't know. There, there's stuff. I, I think the, like visually, they've got some, you know, good CG monsters and stuff That's going fine. on with it. Um, one thing I love, one thing I really like about this movie is how the city has rejected them. Like they don't like them, they don't want. They're annoyed by them. It, it treats that, them like children that have superpowers. Right? I yes, like, I do like that. Yes. Like they want to be liked, and they're like yelling at them. Others, hey, yo, what are you doing? Like, gonna do this dome here? Like, what's going on with it? Like, <laughs> we're I, working on I, it. That's one thing this movie has that I, I'm I'm liking a lot. The little aspect. Um, it does also feel like only so many of them studied the younger character that they're representing like yes. good sort of like she actually paid attention to the little girl and that they are one-to-one brody yeah. kind of they're already kind of similar personality anyways so i don't think right. there's much you need to do everybody else <laughs> it feels more like i guess we're just an adult now like there's not it's not much of a one-to-one that i again especially shazam yeah. <laughs> like i don't, I don't like it, it didn't bother me as much in the first movie it sticks out here a lot like what angel's doing versus what levi's doing yeah, I I do like in the end that we actually get Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman rather than the the head cut off <laughs> thing like they did with Cavill. I don't know why I like it better here than like as I said in the last one. I'm like I like that you don't see his head <laughs> in the first one. It fits with it. In this one, I'm like, yeah, I'm glad. Maybe it's because I like That's it uh, as Wonder Woman. Samper gets it. Like yeah. I think he knows that. You know, she's available. Like <laughs> we worked out. Well, and they did the head thing earlier in the film, but yes, yeah, it's a good. It's Samber gets the joke here. I know, like he, yeah, he, him, him, and all of this innocent. I don't think he's the problem with anything. No, nope, 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 yeah. nope, nope. And um, give him more things. Give him other stuff to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do think, as much as I loved the idea of them all getting powers in the first film, mm-hmm. and thought, "Golly gosh, that's going to be so much fun in the sequel." I think maybe I was wrong in the sense that it kind of turned it into something that sometimes annoys me in superhero cinema, which is that the entire film is basically super-powered people only interacting with each other. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. By default, I mean, it becomes more of that because you've got a half a dozen super-powered heroes and three villains and whatever, whoever Dizman Ansu is in this you know, equation. Wizard. 
three yeah, with, evil three evil sisters the, the yes. Shazam team and then the foster parents yeah I mean I do think that what they I think what they do wisely is they literally put a dome around the city so yeah. so you can't interact with anybody else like, yeah. they right. make an excuse for that but also like Scott what you're speaking to is if you have five supermans yeah that makes things relatively simple it would seem so it's so yeah. no wonder that they immediately depower them as much as they can because yes it becomes really boring if you have five unstoppable superheroes to deal with right like that's not a th- what's the threat supposed to be six unstoppable supermans like um but yeah I, you know I, I feel the same way about this even though i think it's a better movie and i enjoy it more but you know, again it's one of those in a vacuum fun three-star movie if the whole fate of the universe didn't depend on how well these films performed yada 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 yeah i felt- like doesn't have a wooden dragon so yeah you know, I felt how about this one, how people came out of Quantumania being like, oh, well, it's good, actually, guys. Like, I, I felt that way about this one. I was like, oh, this is fun. This is solid. Which, Quantumania, I don't think it's awful, but. Oh, I think it's the worst movie of the year. Oh, really? Mm. Watch more movies. And I <laughs> Watch more <laughs> movies. <laughs> In terms of films whose badness actually mattered. That that doesn't convince me. That's just you making yeah. it like. What is, yeah, let me do this also. I don't know what does that mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, because yeah, Quantum Mania. Like, eh, but this one, I was like, okay, this. I mean, going to Quantum Mania is just. I don't know. I saw more than I saw more yeah. than ten. Years. This this one seemed more focused. <laughs> right. on, this one seemed more focused on the money it was making rather than the film it was. You know, I like saw worst movies last week. Like, I mean, yeah. I know, have you have you watched Candy Cane Lane yet? I don't think you have, Scott. I don't think you have. Uh, the Christmas movie universe hangs in the balance with that one, Scott. Don't say that too loud, or Wendy will hear you, and I'll end up watching the fucking. You ever watch Candy Cane Lane on Prime Video? A Mendelssohn family classic. Oh. If you want to talk about films that have something, you know, in the balance and all the things. Maybe Ghosted was worse. Oh, yeah. Ghosted was a billion fucking times worse. <laughs> that has no idea. <laughs> Whew. But, um, yeah, I, I've got nothing to. You broke to... Segue out of Shazam. I was going to do The Flash. Uh... Are you ready? Ready. Let's go. What are you doing? Our kids are going to want to see this. Are you in? The Flash. Rated PG-13. Only in theaters June 16th. Directed by Andy Muchete. Written by Christina Hodson on a story by John Francis Daly, Jonathan Goldstein, and Joby Harold. Starring... Ezra Miller! A true they. Uh, I don't know. Just kidding. Um, That too. Michael Keaton, Sasha Callie, Ron Livingston, because we can replace actors in a Flash movie. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Well, before they start filming, yeah. Uh, Mary Belverdu, Kiersey Clemens, Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Jeremy Irons, Michael Shannon, 
Ante Trow, Tamara Morrison, George Clooney, and Jason Momoa as Aquaman. Barry Allen uses his super speed to change the past, but his attempt to save his family creates a world without superheroes. Although there are superheroes in that world. Forcing him to race for his life in order to save the future! Okay, so... This movie, uh, there was a Flash and Cyborg movie when they originally said, here is the slate that will change the hierarchy of superhero films. This was a a buddy movie with Flash and Cyborg. Actually, if you're talking about like October 2014 when the big slate was announced, there was a separate Flash movie and there was a Cyborg movie. Okay. I think Flash was supposed to open between Justice League 1 and Justice League 2. Right. And then Cyborg was going to be 2020. Okay. Green. Alongside Green Lantern. Okay. We all assume, well, surely they'll do the smart, easy thing to do with John Stewart Green Lantern. Neat. You'll have two black superheroes in 2020. Cool. I to voice the cartoon version. Yeah, I did. <laughs> they called me, but didn't work out. Then they saw me and were like, oh, crap. So this can't, what, without saying anything about this, this can't be the original movie they intended to make. Like, this has to be just a couple years old, right? <laughs> like, or, mm-hmm. you know, Given the yeah. amount of directors and writers hired onto this thing, yeah. Like, because sure. this, this had Lord and Miller on it. It had uh, Fukuyama, or is that how you say his name? Yeah. Uh, he was Zemeckis on it. Zemeckis in it, right? Zemeck- yeah, like... The guy that, that wrote Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was hired Abraham's, to direct they, for 10 he's seconds. He's hired on everything, and then they're like, wait, yeah. we don't like yeah. yeah, this this movie went like it's it's not took for there's just so many hands with like this is crazy it's really tough to write a superhero movie about a guy that runs fast. They yeah, especially when they had like a seasons going on about it on television at the same time. No trouble. Eighty years of comic books, <laughs> right? It's like you know how Flash has like the best Rose Gallery after maybe <laughs> Batman and Spider Man. Yeah. Let's instead of using any of those characters, <laughs> let's use the Superman villain from that one Superman movie that most people didn't like. Yeah. So, this yeah, this movie like it took. This was the movie they were bullhead most bullheaded about. Had to happen. Couldn't you know? We'll shelf Batgirl, but keep this. So Batgirl, folks, we still don't have that movie. <laughs> Ace is almost over, and we have not seen Batgirl. So I Brandon, how many like felons? I beg you, charges that are allegedly going after them. Did Batgirl star? I, hey, I am checking my. Too spam many. Builder. I think that must be the reason. That can't. There's no other reason. No other. Where reason. in the world is Ezra? Ezra Miller, tell me. I checked my spam folder. No one sent it to me yet. I'm still looking for Batgirl. I'll let Aaron watch Batgirl too if it comes. So uh, he can talk about it as well. Batgirl. With Brendan Fraser. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, so The Flash. Um, Scott, you, you this was another classic Scott Mendelson uh, raves about it at CinemaCon movie, right? <laughs> yeah. But this time I was right. <laughs> well, tell us. I remember the weekend when everyone's seeing this, this first scratch. <laughs> And it's like, I'm reading this list, and I'm seeing all the critics and everybody, and I'm seeing the praise, and I'm like, 
I just know Scott Mendelson's gonna jump in here at some point and have some diverting opinion. I just I can I can just see this yep. like Dr. Fucking Fate can see it in the future. I'm looking at this list of reviews, scrolling through Twitter, being like, I just know it's coming. <laughs> I can just see this happening right away. But I was right. So Scott and... <laughs> Scott, you lead us off then, since you were the first well, yeah. to see it. Well, yeah, we, we were at the, the big CinemaCon screening because the Warner Brothers convinced themselves that they had the next Top Gun Maverick on their hands. Uh, spoiler, they did not. Oh, actually, Warner Brothers did. It just was fucking Barbie. <laughs> it was a different fucking movie. But anyway, no, the, the first act of this film is a lot of fun. I think the curtain raiser opening sequence is absolutely delightful. It very much feels like, oh, this is what you can bring to a Flash movie that you can't get, A, in a Flash TV show because of budget, and B, in any other superhero whose big power isn't that they run, you know, it's something other than they run fast. And I thought the the Looney Tunes type, you know, special effects were delightful. I thought the interaction between him and Batman and Alfred and eventually Wonder Woman, who apparently cameos in all of these now, um, was... Funny. Very charming because they want to make sure they have a piece of score that people know. <laughs> to be fair, every time that score hits, it it does work. It works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I know people make fun of it now, but I'm like, man, it fucking works. It's fucking badass. It is badass. Stop it. You know. Um, and then you know the whole the human melodrama. He misses his mother. You know, you have sentimental flashbacks to their relationship. You know, it's sort of. You know, it certainly plays on the idea that he's probably on the spectrum. But then he travels back in time and you get an entire second act, which is basically Ezra Miller acting with Ezra Miller, often by themselves. And 10 years after they first announced a Flash movie, after the character has been in Suicide Squad, Batman v Superman, Justice League, also Justice League, we get a fucking origin story again. So we have to go through the fucking origin story of the Flash, which everybody knows because I it's really simple. What was that? I argue not everybody knows the origin story of the Flash. Well, they did because they all watched the fucking TV show. Yeah, mm. <laughs> the rating smash hit that is the Flash. Or they watched Justice League as a cartoon, or they read a comic book. I mean, again, it's one of those. It's the okay. I don't he think was in a lab, the Flash origin is nearly as popular. You go if you want to say Spider Man, it's like yeah. Um, you know, Uncle Ben died. If you want to say Batman, we fucking know Batman. I don't think the Flash Superman f- crashed to Earth. Yeah, I don't think yeah. you walk into a door and be like, "Oh yeah, Flash." That's a he, he got struck by lightning and a bunch of chemicals on him. I don't think that's a that's a go to. See, thing but you it. just told you just got the origin other way. Boom, boom, like that. Because <laughs> I know. Yeah, but it's I, didn't like, you know, like a, I didn't shoot it like a perfume commercial of Jeffrey Dean Morgan though. So you know, it's not <laughs> it's not nearly <laughs> as good. Huh. So then we go through this entire fucking second act of. You know, let's relive the Flash origin, and then after he fucks it up, oh no, we fucked it up. We have to do the Flash origin again. And then you have a third act, where it's like, remember that Superman movie that got us in this whole shitstorm in the first place? Let's do a half-assed version of that in a desert with characters that nobody gives a shit about that has no real ending because you can't really, like, solve this problem in the movie that we've created, and movie over and they thought this was gonna fucking save the dc universe best superhero film of all time i i, I can get you know uh Zanthoff saying that that's his job what the fuck did they drug james gunn with to say that and 
Tom Cruise? Really? I trusted you, man. Not really, but I I bet big on you this summer. How many? After but here's the thing: not bet big on you in the previous summer and getting out of my face for it. How many? Um, how many? How many superhero movies do you think Tom Cruise watches? That is a valid point. That is entirely fair. He probably has not seen Shazam or Birds of Prey or Aquaman. So maybe for him, this is the best one he's ever seen. He's a huge Ghost Rider nut. So well, much, there's that. Much like much like Cage. Uh, and he watches but, Iron Man and being like, yeah, I could have But done it's that. like I'm watching this picture. It's like, A, I don't give a shit about the nostalgia bait because I'm 40 fucking I'm 43 years old. I don't give a shit that Michael Keaton's playing Batman again. You do a little bit though. Yeah. I don't. I wish hey. I did. <laughs> you, you didn't. You didn't not have a half smile on your face when Batman shows up in this movie. I didn't because I, I knew what it represented. It's basically a Super Bowl commercial with a two hundred million dollar budget, but just I, as a comic book superhero movie, it just wasn't very compelling. So I'm sitting there watching this. I'm like, regular audiences aren't going to give a shit, let alone critics. But I mean, regular audiences that are perpetually online. That that don't pretend that oh boy it's Michael Keaton again or whatever like they're not gonna care and I was right they didn't care and I mean I, I in a vacuum it's just a shitty that for movie. A examine that for a second though like Michael Keaton coming back as Batman I I obviously we have results now but Michael Keaton coming back as Batman it's not like that was a nothing thing I, you and mm-hmm. like if you have the logic of last year Maverick Mitchell came back. I, I can see where it comes from to think that yeah that would should be a that should seem like a big deal. Grant, obviously we have the results of that, and it didn't turn out to be that way. But I because I you had him in a flash movie, like that's yeah, the problem. That, yeah, there's there's clearly reasons why. But like if I'm looking at this in some certain lights, I can see why you would think why wouldn't this work? I, I can understand where that logic comes from. I, I wouldn't nest, I wouldn't just automatically jump to the most cynical reasoning possible. I would think. Yeah, this world where multiverses are a thing and we're making superhero movies and we can do something like this. That's a novel idea. Why why not? That doesn't make me immediately think nothing but cash grab. This is evil. Fuck Michael Keaton. Like I'm thinking, cool. Like, yeah, let's oh, go I don't blame him. him. He takes the money and like, runs. Like if you if you get if you say, Hey, we're gonna we've got Tim Burton directing Michael Keaton as Batman in an old Batman movie to follow up Batman Returns with them. Michelle Pfeiffer's might possibly on board to reprise the role as Catwoman. You know people will show up for that. The thing is here, you're tossing him into something where I will give credit. Keaton looks like he wants to be here. He looks like he's enjoying himself. He's doing a great job, but his Batman does not fit. Like no. It, I agree, his, 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 his intro's weird, then he's fine, but then we get to action stuff, and I'm like, that not it it, it doesn't it doesn't yeah. fit what we know him on. He feel it feels out of place and odd. Like there's a reason they keep him flying a lot because it doesn't work when he's out like we're used to He's also doing it in the middle of the day. Yeah. You know, fighting soldiers. And yeah, I get there's plenty of Batman comics where that happens, but yeah, kudos to I, Keaton. I hear what you're saying. But, that's why it's a risk. I mean, yeah. it's enough. Like, that's, and it's, that's really oh. the end of it at that point. Yeah. Oh, I will man. say, from everything I've heard behind the scenes, total, but he's really well used in Batgirl, apparently. We won't get to see it, but that's... Well, or will we, for this retrospective, if somebody, naptownnerd at gmail.com, what do you know? What do you know? <laughs> you might get a thank you. 
You might. You might. Please send it. We anyway. will credit you on Twitter. Yes. Okay, so Scott, mixed positive, huh? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Aaron, uh, d- did you feel the need, the need for speed with this one? Well, I'm significantly more positive than Scott is on this movie. Um, uh, you know, it's when you have, when you're, you know, part of the, the film Twitter crowd, as far as just that's the kind of information you absorb, it's hard to avoid sweeping reviews at a CinemaCon and then, you know, the three from Scott and two other people um, and not have some kind of impression on like what to expect from this. Now, I don't buy, I don't buy into hype that quickly. If you're seeing the first ever screening of this movie at a giant cinema event, the exclusive. Yeah, a lot of grains of salt I'm going to take the best superhero movie praise with, for sure. Um, so, like, walking That's into why the- I'm the one to listen to. Walking, well... <laughs> okay, Maverick. The guy that, the one guy that hated Blade Runner 2049, not the same way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, four-time Oscar winner Blade Runner 2049. Uh, but the, um, <clears throat> walking into Flash, I was like... I, like... I got excited enough as far as, hey, all right, let's see what this is going to be. I have to really put aside the fact that it frankly made me unnerved that Ezra Miller was being treated in such a way uh, while other stuff around DC and Warner Brothers was happening. Uh, But like at the end of the day, I'm like, they shot this movie. Let's walk in. Let's see what we got. If they're released, if they went this far to get this movie out there, Clearly, there's got to be something in it that made it more than just uh, we can shelve this and kind of have no issue with it. And I will say, the things that I really like about this movie, and th- you know, this is to- this has to be in a vacuum. It's that Ezra Miller is quite good in this film. Yes, I, they're doing. Yeah. There's no no problem whatsoever with that performance, and the fact that yes, a long stretch of it does involve him and him with each other, which is you immediately realize, well, that's why they can't replace him or anything. He's fucking yeah. like ninety five percent of the movie. I him that it's I think the best version I've seen of a character has to play with themselves in a movie for a long time mm-hmm. compared to like social network which is you know that's pretty flawless anyway but I mean this this much of a period of time the visual effects involved and everything like that I don't think I've seen a better version of that happen outside of this movie and it really helps that he's very good in this performance playing two versions of the same guy and making them very much feel like two different versions of those people. I agree with Scott. I think the first act is pretty solid all the way through. I really like the, yeah. what if the justice league existed and had daily routines action going on. Yeah. You get mm-hmm. to see Batman doing Batman stuff and flash saving a hospital in a blue costume. Blue, blue, gray, costume. Like gray and blue. And I was all about justice it. for yes. yellow oval. Need that yellow yeah, oval. I really wanted to like hate that apparently. And I'm sitting here being like, what else do you, what, what, how much Batman have you got? This is the one you hate now. <laughs> like, I don't understand. God, you geeks. Um, that was what Bat when I when I first started reading comics. That's what he looked like. Yeah, yeah. Well, with the yellow oval. But, but yeah, the, the, uh, the visual effects. And we'll talk more about this. I know that's been called into question a lot. I would say in that opening sequence. I know that's been called it. Like for me, the Speed Force just necessitates looking different. And yes. I feel like mm-hmm. that justifies so much of what's going on with the visual effects. I like those visuals I, in the room I, and stuff. Like I that, thought I the visuals that. were fine. There's yeah. not a point. Like, even when we get to the the people we see at the end, it, it, the look of them didn't bug me. The use of them, perhaps, we can talk about more. But, like, the look of things, 
I just assume this world should look fucked up. Like it's a weird yeah. multiverse thing. It's like, mm-hmm. why would I want like the what's the better version of this? I don't, I don't know what that would be beyond like we dug the fucking grave and reanimated their faces. Like I don't know what else you're doing at that point. So like, I think visually the movie looks, and this is from Andrew Machete, uh, my favorite Fast and Furious villain. Um, he, <laughs> I was the, I'm not big on the thing movies, it, the thing the it movies. <laughs> I, I didn't like Mama. So going into the, that was my only like hang up. I was like, am I going to like his $200 million superhero movie? Cause I don't like his horror movies. And I think he equips himself. Well, like I think he's doing like, I, I can see why Warner brothers hired him. He's a guy. He's got a nice that, sense of humor. Like that's that's yeah, I take humor, this, yeah. I think, like one of my favorite gags is the opening credits where the title's forming and then it stops. And then it yeah. that was terrific. That's, that's good. That's yeah. Fun. So like this first act, I think is really solid. The second, no, the, act, fir- the first act, like, Oh, that's why they, you know, yeah. put all their butts behind this. The second act, I'm not against this in the way Scott is. I don't mind seeing, like, because it's a time travel story. And if yeah. you want to lean on being back to the future, but with superheroes, well, I haven't seen that. So, like, I'm not against it. And no, I haven't seen a cinematic version of Flash's origin. So it's not going to bother me to see a cinematic version of Flash's origin. I'm not, I'm not too cool like Scott to see a thing that I haven't seen 27 times, like Batman's parents' deaths. On top of that, the reason he's doing it. It, it very it very much hits me in an emotional place as far as him dealing with his mom and stuff like that, where I'm fully on board with the journey that we're taking. I can uh, I can the fact that Barry has to learn lessons involving like why you shouldn't do time travel. That's the one thing I got hung up with, because like, dude, you're like what you're in the, the smart group of people that like can build suits and do all this stuff. But the like the knowledge you have of time travel movies somehow like goes absent in the don't change shit part of it like that's yeah, somehow, yeah. that is that has eluded you <laughs> yeah but, but like i can buy it because the emotional drive that he has to do a certain thing it hits me the problem i have is this third act of the movie i still like this movie overall but i think the third act goes so far into being a mix of like really plain because it's set in the desert and it's dealing with zod stuff and as much as michael shannon showed up Dude, he is awful. This is his worst performance. You can tell he's like, I'll say the thing, I guess. Which blue screen do I look at? (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of that energy going on. It's almost endearing how much he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's like... Ideally, if if he truly didn't give a shit... Yeah. That would make the performance that much more interesting. That'd be like Edward yeah. Norton Italian job where he's forced to do the movie. This feels more <laughs> like, like, yeah, all right, yeah, go, I'm gonna Superman, bring him to me. Like it's just, it's not, it's a kind of whatever. <laughs> it's a shrug. Mm-hmm. And now combine that with the eventual where we have to go with the time travel stuff, and it's like, I see what you want to do here, but this doesn't work for me, and it it feels weirdly. It, it feels weirdly morbid to be like, let's kill Michael Keaton like seven different times. Yeah. Or let's like kill Supergirl who we barely introduced. Uh, And now let's show other versions of other multiverses. And it's like, this is the stuff I agree with Scott on. It's like, this only works if you like in the know of this stuff. If you like, yeah, if you know about Nick Cage, Superman battling a giant spider, Okay, that's <laughs> why is it here? Like this feels like the stuff yeah. in Justice League Part Two or Three, not in the Flash movie. And I don't know what it's ultimately doing beyond being. You could say it's just that's yeah, a fun nod of the fans, but it's like 
okay, but like, why? Like, there's other ways to nod at the fans without doing all, you know, pulling out the stops for this kind of thing. It's not making much of a difference here. However, however, to wrap this up, after it gets all that third act business out of the way, it gets back to the fucking mom plot and it fucking kills me. (laughs) Like, it destroys, like, like, I watched this movie the second time and it's like, this is too much. Like, I can't, I can't handle myself right now by how good this stuff is. And like, you're at least rounding it out. And then it gives me the old, my ultimate favorite joke of this whole DCU, which is the, 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 the Snyder fans love Ben Affleck as Batman. They love the dark take. This is the greatest. And now this universe is done. It's done. So it's over. And the last thing they have to remember is that George Clooney now is Batman. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. They, Which, by the way, was like not in our cut. When they showed it in Vegas, that was not in our cut. They good. cut the black before we saw who it was. Nothing is better than not yeah. having that spoiled at all. Oh, that yeah, is, yeah. It's mm-hmm. such a good thing. That's, um, that's that's a thing that I really love. That they like. I agree I, with you about the finale. I think it's better than, you know, as someone that doesn't like this movie, it's better than this movie deserves, frankly. Yeah. Um. I, yeah, I I'm I'm a fan. I was a fan of this movie. Like the opening is um, incredible. Like it, it's an awesome opening. The ba- I don't care if the baby CG is like oh it doesn't look like a real baby. Like, babies, it, I don't expect it. Again, I think it, just it works. works enough that it's effective with what's going on. This the uh, the 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 griping about the special effects and people. I'm like it's you're in this weird high. Like I would rather it look like this than like real like i like this weird kind of unsettling watch like fucking twisted horror movies or some shit nerds like if you want to complain about special effects yeah (laughs) these are fine um and like this is not wb's problem of the problems the dc have Warner brothers special effects and and the visuals that's not the stuff that's like oh my god i can't believe like that's not Warner brothers delays their movies to give their people more time (laughs) right yeah that's one thing that's why black adam didn't come out in july yeah, we never um, have complained this whole way about effects or anything. This that's never been a issue with DC, and so here I'm with this movie. The I I don't like Keaton's like barefoot flip flop intro fight thing because I'm like that's not who thought this was okay. Um, he was making pasta. He had to pause. What else is he gonna do? Put on shoes? No. Um, but. And then the 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 rescue of Supergirl is like okay that that's how far I'll go with it. And then we get the desert. It's just like that loses like it's such a boring looking thing. It it's super like safe and I don't care. Like it's like okay okay. It's it's just. It feels like they reacted too hard. It's like well we can't go back to Metropolis because then people right. complain about the destruction again. Yeah. <laughs> Or they didn't have the money. Um, oh, I think superhero films in general have been reacting to that for 10 years. Yeah. You go to um, some random... That's why the end of Endgame is basically in a video game cutscene. Yeah. Um, uh, but, so, yeah, I, I'm not there with that, but yeah, I, I feel like it brings it back. Yeah, the cameos are all needless, but the event going on, I'm there for uh, with the berries, and then the ending is like... All right, uh, but yeah, it's just the desert holds this things back so much. Like, there's got there's got to be so much interesting way. And well, I I don't have I wasn't against or anything like that. The Supergirl thing when this movie came out, there's like this 
insane praise for her. And I'm like, is it because she looks cool and you're embarrassed to say she looks hot or cool? Because I feel like she was under a poor girl was underserved. Like she gives well, she's what barely she, there. She gives she what she can, but in the moments, but there's not enough for me to be like, this yeah. is a breakout star. It's then, like, yeah, that's that, like, it's fine. yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't understand that <laughs> where that came from, from this, but maybe it's cause it was just doing anything you can not to praise the great performance Ezra Miller is giving here. Cause he's there really good. It's that's the, that's the, the, um, <laughs> ironic thing about this is that the, this would have been the breakout performance. This would have been the star tur the everything, but uh, unfortunately, they're a shit bag. So we have this, and yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm okay with this movie. I I don't. It, it almost is there, but it's. That's the thing. I think it's like a couple, like a script pass away from like really making it work. Like, does Ah, do you really want to do this? It's like, like, it's like I think that stuff can work, and I think the Batman stuff could work. The, the, I think I, I think someone there was like, well, people liked in Batman v Superman how they fit Bruce Wayne into that. What if we fit Barry into that moment too? And it's like, and was that Scoot McNary when like came back to like? What is he like? We've come back for what the flat? You just need me to go like. <laughs> probably back for that like i the, don't know the only the only issue i had with um with the bruce wayne stuff was was when every time he kept using like catchphrases from 89 movies like why would he say you want to get nuts like that's not was he yeah. thinking, remember that time when i was at vicky vale's apartment and i got shot <laughs> really, oh I should, really throw, I should really throw that zinger at barry right now well and that's the problem with so much this movie in general for me and not to make everything back to the rise of Skywalker, but this film is full of bits that mean more to the fans than they do to the characters. They are meaningless to the characters, but they're there for the quote unquote fans. Right. And that well, I, think, I think you could you could isolate that to to chunks of this, but not like throughout the movie. I don't think it applies in a way that that you seem to be saying it is. Like the like the I whole... think a lot of the second half. But what is that like what though? Like I like Batman, yes. The third act, like that whole stuff in the Speed Force, sure, but like, what else? I well, don't just know. the idea of like revisiting the finale of Man of Steel from a different angle. It's like, like that's doing stuff within the universe. I mean, Avengers and Endgame made two billion dollars doing that. I mean, what's that? What's the problem? It wasn't boring there. Fair enough. <laughs> now, yeah, so what I'm saying is, I think that stuff because again, yeah. I agree, I do agree with you that that's the weaker part of the film. Yeah. I think that stuff can work. If like the, the journey buries on is better handled. And on the one side, you have the emotional drive of why he's doing this, but because you have two berries and they have to resolve this, why are we doing this thing? It comes down to when well, I'm just going to keep time traveling until I get it right. I, that's something I can grasp onto, except I don't get why Barry can't figure this out sooner. Like it doesn't make mm. sense to me that he, isn't getting it like it, it like i don't think enough was done to get to that point where he would just especially this particular berry this this like lazy like slacker berry i don't know why he's the one that would become obsessed with trying to do things over and over again he's not matured think, that's, that's I, I think that's the idea i don't think the movie supplies me with a way to like go from he's this berry to now he's this guy and he's he's constantly throwing himself at that again like it it doesn't like 
if I'm seeing if I'm seeing aspects of the movie that are hitting me the right way, I don't know why this one isn't. And that part of that I think comes from again the weird like time travel eludes me thing as far as how it works stuff because he's such a smart guy except for this aspect. Like I don't know, it just seems all it seems like they didn't quite figure out like what to do in that third act to make it work better, which clearly registered with other people as well. I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, it, but that's the sticking point. I mean, even though you know Scott didn't like the the movie almost in total, but like the one sticking point with all of us is that desert stuff, and towards the end here that doesn't quite come together. But yet the 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 epilogue ish scene does come together. Oddly enough, it's just like raw naked emotion that's so well yeah. done. Where like the desert stuff is also tonally everywhere. It's like let's have the fucking let's have the white stripes playing and then let's have Supergirl get murdered in the desert three different times. Like let's have, let's have Batman make sacrifice plays all of a sudden out of nowhere. And it's like this, I don't want to see Michael Keaton die. Uh, yeah. Oh, now, now they're back flashing <laughs> it up again. It's like, what? This is a lot of whiplash. Like I need more than just, just a helmet when Mary Allen's carrying me along as the flash right now. This is yeah. a lot of deal with. Gotcha. What? I, I'm lost here, but I don't understand the Aquaman credit scene. Oh, like, what? I, th- I think they're just socializing, to be honest. Is that okay? That okay? Because I'm like, what? Do, uh, uh, all right, I guess there's more to it. I think there's, there's just you know, jokes, you know, just jokes. Yeah. Arthur uh, was in town. He yeah. rode in a wave, and he's like, "Hey, you want to get a drink?" And they had a drink, and they talked a lot, and he got drunk. And gotcha. Um. Tony was there. That'd be great. I yeah, <laughs> I did. Oh, what? There was a great joke in there that um, when uh, the other Barry's making the suit from a Batman suit, and it's got the intense music, and then it cuts to him sawing off the ear, and it's like, <laughs> that's a good bit. That's a good bit. Um, that's, that's stuff that works. There's he did, like Machete does that a lot because like it has that, that terrible scene in it uh, too, still in it, um, where like the, the monster, the like he's in like. Is it Jack Dylan Grazer? It's one of the kids. No, it's like grown up. It's Squiggy. It's Squiggy from the Wire. Ziggy from the Wire. Um, mm. James Ransone. He's like downstairs and he encounters the thing and it like throws up on him and they play Angel on the soundtrack all of a sudden. It's oh like a, yeah, yeah. yeah it's no. like that in that movie. It's like I don't know what we're doing here. But in a movie like this, he does that a number of times and it works. Like so, it's yeah. That's why I would think I was clicking with the movies. Like okay, Machete gets this like like i think he gets how to make which is weird because i do because again the third act finale has such weird total discrepancies for me but like other stuff like the thing you just described with the suit like or like the bit at the beginning with the opening credits like he's got jokes he got he, mm-hmm. he like he gets how to inject the humor without like diminishing the like you guys have talked about how like the you respecting know, the, the inherent the, drama the snyder earnest version of things versus the yeah. chasm version mm-hmm. of right Gotcha. Um, no, I mean, in a vacuum, I don't hate this film. I just, it it literally gets worse as it goes along for me, which is frustrating. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, yeah. it, no, it, no, I think all three I, of us have sort of yeah, I just, followed that path. I, I I like more of it than you is the, is the issue. Fair. <laughs> Aaron wins. He's the bigger fan <laughs> of The Flash. So, so it just needs to be also, said. No, go ahead, go ahead. Well, the other thing is, <laughs> I mean, as much as I'm into the mom plot, it's really bizarre that there's no actual, like, end to that plot line as far as 
this man's mother was murdered and we have no idea why that happened. Like, right, yeah. Nothing in this movie that suggests anything that resolves that problem. There like, was allegedly there was supposed to be like a mid-credit cookie that it was reverse yeah, that it was reverse flash was going to be mm. revealed for a sequel that of course will now never happen. It Played. seems like that would make sense, or at the end, you give us that, like, Barry somehow did it himself, or any number, but it's like, this movie just yeah. weirdly, like, has an open hole that is, Barry's mom was, like, horrifically murdered, and for some reason, all, everybody in the world is like, Rob Livingston did it, and you look at Rob <laughs> Livingston, it's like, me? From fucking Swingers? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> everybody that knows me knows I am not that guy, like, what evidence do you have beyond... I'm married, like, <laughs> like, and he must he must have the worst lawyers possible if he's in jail all this time. And there's like, I'm the guy you want to pick. Like yeah, I'm guessing Harvey Dent's already two faced in this world. So <laughs> me, he probably has Richard Kimball's terrible lawyer. Huh. Did you see Scoot McNary over there? He's got a lot of grudges. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. Uh, so we'll go, uh, from, uh, from Flash, yeah, with, uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody's gonna miss, uh, this, he's not going to court for anything. Um, Blue Beetle, that's, uh, that's all I got here. I am not like Scott, like Scott's polo, blue is, blue is the way here, Blue Beetle. I feel like I failed you guys. It's supposed to know how it's supposed to happen. You're high man. You always land on your feet. Oh, I'm in so much trouble. The universe has sent you a gift. You have to figure out what you're going to do with it. How'd you do that? I have no idea. Target the family. Come to Papa. Nana. No way. See, way. <laughs> Blue Beetle, PG-13. Only Peter's August 18th. Directed by Angel Manuel Soto. Written by Gareth Dunet. Al Coke. Coser, uh, starring Zolo Marijuana, Bruno Marquez, Marquezine, uh, Becky G, Damien Alcazar, George Lopez, a- Adriana Barazar, Belissa Escobedo, Elpidia Carrillo, Susan Sarandon, Gary G- or Harvey Guillen. <laughs> what? The most Latin name of the ball. Susan Sarandon. <laughs> Jorge Jimenez, uh, Raul Max uh, Tru- Trujillo, and Gabriela Ortiz. Uh, an alien scarab chooses Jaime Reyes to be its symbiotic host, bestowing the recent college graduate with a suit of armor that's capable of extraordinary powers, forever changing his destiny as he becomes the superhero known as as Iron Man, sorry, Shang Chi, uh, Blue Beetle, <laughs> Blue so Beetle. I don't. I was very yeah. reminiscent of that. Uh, Blue Beetle, which this was originally intended as a HBO Max, now known as Max original, and then they said, "Let's make a couple bucks, right? Just a couple bucks." Um, Aaron Blue Beetle went from Red Flash to Blue Beetle. You know it. And by the way, I cannot wait for Latin American History Month on the Brandon Peters show. Um, This movie is the most in a vacuum movie I have to talk about because like in a vacuum, as Scott has said many times, it's entirely fine. 
the problem is there's so many movies around it that do this exact story. Now, that doesn't make this movie bad. If anything, it has a key highlight that makes it exceed better than other films, and that is the family. The fact that there's a family dynamic here that's not just he has people at home that care about him, but they are actively involved in so much of this movie, that makes this absolutely a distinct version of what we're getting out of this realm of things. The problem is that the story itself is so generic that it makes it hard to like do much else with it. That said, I think Zolo is great in this. I think he makes for a terrific lead as as Jaime Reyes. I think he's a very good Blue Beetle. The um the the action sequences, the stunt choreography from uh, JJ Perry, who um he directed Day Shift, the Jamie Foxx vampire movie, and he's a second unit on so many of these films. Um, he's second unit on this movie. I think the fight scenes are pretty good in this. Um, in the realm of like the superhero spectacle we get, where a lot of people are flying around or using glowy hands. I think there's a lot of good hand-to-hand stuff involving the technology of the suit and everything that works better than average when it comes to these movies. Watching these fairly recently, like I I think Aquaman, had, because James Wan's just like everything. Um, he's like, let me do this. And that stuff's really cool. I think James James Gunn obviously knows what he's doing. So the Suicide Squad stuff looks good. And Birds of Prey had obviously had second unit. Done the so I think, I think like the majority of these DC films, I think the action's always pretty solid watching blue beetle again is like the fight scenes are pretty cool here to watch them i I think they work pretty well again family stuff really works the the star performance works the there's uh the the use of the setting uh palomar city palomara city uh which is like you know like set in the florida keys and it's like i like that it has this like this Miami vibe kind of thing going on, like high tech Miami. And on the other side of it, it's like this, you know, the other side of the tracks, uh, you know, poor area on the Florida keys. That's a neat, like, I like how they use the, the environments there. There's like some cool shots of like people sitting on the roofs of their city and they look across the bay and like, there's the big flavid city. It's very colorful movie. A lot of synth score stuff going on. There's a lot of like stuff I really like to admire about this. And it's a lot of things that are, I can see why it was a Max movie, and I think it's only its biggest issue is the fact that because it was a Max movie, you can I can see where the budget would go if it was allotted differently to make it for originally for a big screen film. As it stands, this is one of the best TV movies ever made. As, <laughs> uh, as, as a summer theatrical release, it's fine. Like it, it's you know it, it it comes in. I I feel bad. I guess that the DC universe is ending just as this thing gets going. So I. And it's hard to be like, well, maybe they'll keep the kid around because, like, you want not only him, but you want the Reyes family to be involved. And I don't know if WB or James Gunn and everybody's going to be like, let's make sure to get six actors over to the next thing. So I don't know if just having, you know, Jaime Reyes and nobody else is going to be like the worthwhile venture that you might want. And, you know, when when Flash and New Superman and whoever the fuck else gets involved with <laughs> the DC movie they're making. I don't know if it's like, hey, it's me, Blue Beetle. Like, I don't know if that's going to be like as exciting as they might want it to be. Still, like, generic plot aside, it's a fun film. It's got like it's it's got its own identity. I it, it, I think the director Angel was it Angel Manuel Soto. Soto, thank you. Um, I I think he 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 brings a lot of what, like what I. I really like his first film, Charm City Kings, which you can't watch on Max because Max uh, hates content. Um, so um, it's it's annoying that I can't like say, if you like this movie, watch his first movie. It's great. But like, I like no. 
having seen his first movie, I like that I'm like, yeah, this I get this. This works well. I'm glad to see him doing this. I don't know where he goes from here, but like, you know, it all the stuff's here that makes it like very fun and watchable. I just wish I I I I I, I wish it had more it could aspire to beyond like the things that stick out for it. Gotcha. Yeah, I I'm okay with this movie. Like I I probably echo a lot of things here, but like it's great when it's the family stuff, and then I'm just like, oh yeah, we have to get back to the superhero thing because like the, they are great together. George, they George Lopez works in a way you would never believe him yeah. going into this on paper, believe him working, and everybody's fully realized their relationships are good. Uh, and what I say, you know, I, I mentioned like Shang Chi, but like it grabs that best aspect of it, the Aquafina and Simba Lu relationship and throw that with a brother and sister here a bit uh, in discovery of the powers and stuff. And superhero wise, I don't think there's anything here really here to like stand out from the pack ray thing. It's kind of also ran uh, the action really while not bad, just doesn't have any kind of big moments for me to kind of remember it by. So I'm like, I'm stuck in these family things where I'm like, yeah, I could watch these. I don't need the superhero stuff here. I could just watch them give him shit or mess around with the suit in the house as much as. And I think uh, that's the TV budget of it. I think yeah. the fight scenes, it's similar to like watching like the DTV stuff of like Scott Atkins. Those are good action sequences, but I wouldn't say there's things that like stand out to me in memorable ways. It's more of like, oh, they're constructed well because yeah. they have people that know what they're doing with them. Yeah. And I, I will say too, I kind of like, Susan Sarandon here as just this generic old throwback. She's just a fucking villain, dude. Like, I don't need to understand her. I don't need to. It's like, we need the scarab because we need to make these suits. Well, what do you need to make the suits for? Because we need to make these suits. Like, there's no, it's just, she's bad. Don't let it get in her hands. And she, she gives like a, like, I, she probably hasn't seen a superhero movie since like, the 80s type performance which is fine and i just wish she was more overtly racist i think that would have helped the character honestly that probably would have uh, i mean that wholeheartedly i think if it just made her flat out racist yeah would have been a better villain oh i thought she was pretty fucking racist yeah her more overtly more overtly her uh her her right hand guy like he's interesting there's some when, there's when, they, when you get the three minute montage of look at this amazing backstory, you're like, where's this movie? <laughs> like, yeah. This could have been peppered throughout. Yeah. Uh but yeah. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. And I, I like I'm gl- like I know this is like, oh, first like Latin American superhero, all that, you know, stuff like that. And I'm glad it was good and they got that aspect of it like really well done. But it's just the superhero stuff, which being a max movie wasn't going to be in the budget anyway. It's just kind of this. It's not like it's there. It's just kind of like not my favorite part. And it always bums me out because it's breaking up some family moments and the family moments are good beyond the ha ha ha. Look at the granny with the gun, um, the big gun, but like all the other stuff, they, they have good little good background on them too. But like, yeah, George Lopez, hilarious and endearing. Like, it's it just yeah it, it's wonderful with the, those characters and stuff but just the movie is just kind of a ah uh, let's go see a movie this Saturday afternoon or go see Blue Beetle saw a movie ah oh, that's fine and then I move on with my life kind of movie so that's kind of how it how it was for me um Scott um 
I liked it. I think it's ve- it works on its own terms. Yes, it d- does do, unfortunately, do the thing that we do run into from time to time where it is a very generic superhero movie mm-hmm. where the only thing different about it is who gets to be the star. And obviously the film is at its best when it's most demographically specific and authentic in that sense. And that's good. But again, that goes to, I wish to hell this film had come out in like 2016 or 2017 back when these movies were still a big deal because then it probably would have been a solid little mid-sized it. And, you know, I, I whine about this all the time, but intentional or not, DC and especially Marvel basically dragged their feet and waited to truly inc- diversify their superhero movies until right before superhero movies stopped being a big deal. Right before a movie like this or the Marvels would have been an automatic event movie. And you know, it basically turned into a glass cliff scenario. Scott, um, there was there was no better time for Black Widow to come out than after Endgame. You sound ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That movie certainly should have should not have come out in 2017 when the story actually took place. It absolutely should have waited until 20 COVID notwithstanding 2020 after she died. But anyway, I mean, it's it's, it's that's you know I've been whining about that for years, and unfortunately, it that's that's basically what's happened. And I to, to do, be fair, they were only dragging their feet. A little bit of the way before that, it was because of very clear racism. <laughs> that was the other reason. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, and I, I get, I remember there was sort of the big bad of this, and but the giant company still has to have some responsibility for the results. I mean, I think if Bob Iger had walked into Ike's office and said, fuck you, we're making Black Panther in, you know, 2012, it would have gotten made. Uh, but they didn't. They, and, you know, I, I I still hold them to account. For I don't that. know how to keep extending the joke of obviously, but yes, <laughs> you're, yes. you're 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 very much right. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, Obvi. Well, no, because you know when I, when I talk about that online, it's oh well, I or I you know because of Ike, I wouldn't let him do it. Like, yes, as he was yeah. the he was the he was the, he was the only the wall, the, only. the wall between man and 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 Mordor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mount Doom couldn't but, be reached because of ah. <laughs> but yeah I think the action is good it's grounded it's mostly street level the film has a small scale humanist authenticity so not to go into spoilers when a major character dies it stings in a way that the deaths in these kind of movies don't always resonate um I think Susan Sarandon is a refreshingly old school, very simple, racist little bitch. And what I like about the film is that not in a vacuum, this makes a fascinating triple bill with Iron Man and Speed Racer. Yeah. Because this is basically combining both of those films. It's like, okay, this is a film that acknowledges that the person making horrific weapons that are causing genocide and horror all around the world doesn't get to be a superhero because they become 5% nicer and, you know, becomes just nice enough to romance the hot girl. And, you know, I, I've often said this and only slightly sarcastically, because I think, you know, 
I've always felt that it said a lot that in the summer of 2008, moviegoers worldwide gravitated to the movie where the giant heartless corporate asshole becomes the hero, as opposed to the movie which came out literally the next week, where the cor- giant corporate asshole is the villain and the underdog blue-collar family is the hero. <laughs> and intentional or not, I think it's fascinating that the superhero movie, the peak of the superhero movie is basically coming to an end with a story that basically is a remake of Iron Man with the morality on the right side of the fence. That doesn't make this movie better or worse. Doesn't make Iron Man better or worse, but I think it's very interesting. It is fun that if you lay out Speed Racer, Iron Man, and Blue Beetle, that Speed Racer is like a towering achievement by comparison. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's such, it's such a weird thing to think about. It's like, yeah. Remember the Wachowskis made like a masterpiece in 2008 and everyone was like, eh, 40 million. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> like, fuck this. If you want to see Cameron Diaz and Ashton Kutcher not get married. Like, I like huh. Iron Man plenty in 2008, but the, yeah, the weekend after, which was my birthday, but it was the day after my birthday I saw it, I was like, this is incredible. Like, nobody, yeah. what? This has bad reviews? Like, what? I remember Scott told me, he's like, oh, she's I'm like, fine, I'll go see. Oh, wow, this was really good. Saw it, like, damn near by myself in the Grauman's Chinese, or the man's, yeah. The, the Even Wendy, Chinese. who, you know, generally, you know, doesn't care about, you know, big, giant, spectacle you know, she saw it with me in IMAX and still raves about it to this day. I, I don't think there's a there's very few superhero movies that have an emotionally relevant re, like relevant moment as the as Speed Racer winning the fucking race at Speed Racer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway, Blue Beetle. Man, what a movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Blue Beetle followed a movie about a guy who is good at speed, so you know. Sure. Let's get that um, going. What was I gonna say about Blue Beetle? Um, was it a George Lopez thing? Um, no, it wasn't. Remember uh, how the internet got so up in arms about the trailer with uh, Batman's a fascist? Like they took it so personally. And they've seen Zack Snyder's Batman, and yet right. they're like, "This guy's wrong." <laughs> right? He doesn't know what he's talking about <laughs> my Batman's a gentleman. Uh, <laughs> And it's funny because it clearly comes from like dr- the the drunk uncle type, you know, like also, it's oh, a I'll joke. take that seriously. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It's George Lopez. It's a logical war on Batman. Mm-hmm. That in the real world, nobody gave a shit. <laughs> yeah, well, Batman um, didn't have the American flags on him either, so that's what it really got upset about. Too soon. The the I, I do think like the the um the aesthetic of this movie does help it a lot i do think that because uh-huh. it's because it's such a tv budget level movie i say that with quotes because i mean it it, feels, it does look expensive it doesn't look like a cheap film no uh, no 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 but like it it does help that it it has it does feel flavorful it does feel like there's a lot of vibrancy in this partially to like to use the discrepancy between the big city and the you know the smaller areas that the family's living in but also, like, it just, it gets this, like, 80s vibe to it that I kind of, like, mm-hmm. uh, kind of locked It's got this, like, Miami 80s, like, kind of, yeah. yeah, thing going it has on. A, yeah. It has that going for it. And I'm not, a, like, I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy that's like, oh, finally, Goonies references. Cool. Like, that's not me. <laughs> so, like, seeing a movie that just, like, feels like it wants to have a certain kind of aesthetic uh, with that and the synth score and stuff like that, without using it, and it's not, like, throwing in crazy pop culture, like, obvious pop culture references. It has a lot right. of, like... 
um, like uh, um, Latin TV references and things like that. Yeah. Even like a shot of Kronos on TV at one point. I'm like, well, that's fun because uh, nobody gets that in my theater. <laughs> like, but um, but like, there's stuff like that where it just feels like this feels like a movie that's coming from somewhere very specific and personal, and I can appreciate that. It feels like a movie that's mm-hmm. made because hey, I want to make this, not because hey, I got this job and I'm gonna do it. I guess like it has that kind of value to it that I do think goes a long way. Do I wish the movie was better? Sure, of course I do. But I I. You know, be, being the movie that was written off for months as okay, Blue Beetle, he's out of here. Like we, we don't need to see it. I do think it it offers more than that. And we've talked about four. This is the fourth movie we've talked about during this podcast. I still think I like Flash like a little bit more just because the fucking mom stuff. <laughs> but but I but compared to Black Adam and Shazam, that you know they feel generic in a way where the potential's there to do so much more. And they're just refusing to. This one feels like it could have just been kind of whatever and it's like no it has stuff to no no it, it, there i mean the director everybody i mean everybody involved is putting stuff in here that probably is helping it be less generic than it could have been yeah and that that's... this is the first one in a while that feels like something out of the walter hamada toby emmerich era and i mean that as a compliment mm-hmm. it feels at peace with shazam and aquaman and birds of prey in terms of what do we want from this DC universe? And, you know, the answer is we want films that are different in scale and, and budget and genre and, and yes, demographic inclusivity. It, yeah. It, still it's, all fit in the same universe. Yeah. It's the classic superhero motif you put after a batshit crazy one. So you follow up like a yeah. birds of prey with a blue beetle type thing you, or like a suicide oh, squad. Movie. A huh? It's all about Avengers of Ant-Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You go for a, a more pedestrian type adventure after the crazy one. Yeah. It's also entirely standalone and doesn't feel desperate as far as fighting in other references to things. You don't need... <laughs> we've had three of these movies uh, that are, you know, we've a lot of the movies seem to involve Gal Gadot shows up. This one's mm-hmm. like, no, we don't need to have Wonder Woman show up at the last second just to like give you a head to high five or something. It, it, it's, it feels like yeah, we're fine. We don't need, you know, Jaimon and, and the wizard feels... to pop in and be like, I'm on vacation, guys. Here's me, Jaimon the wizard. Like, it's like, mm. whatever. So, and that's why it feels very much part of the Hamada era. Which, you know, it. Aquaman had no cameos. Shazam had, I think, no cameos offhand. Um, sorry, you were about to say that said. Well, that said, if if Jaimon in a speedboat waved by, like, <laughs> wizard, I wouldn't be fun. against this whatsoever. That'd be yes. the greatest thing of all time. <laughs> but, but that's the benefit of it going forward. This one could easily be fit into any other universe, should they yeah. want to keep it. But do you hear what I'm saying? As far as I, I don't know what the like. Cool, Zola gets work. That's great. Blue Beetle, cool. I don't know if there's much value in seeing him like just him. Yeah, in the future of DC without the family dynamic to aid to that depends. That's the if problem people, with Shazam. Yeah. Too. I don't think it's impossible. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it work. Yeah. There's Obviously. Booster. You pair him with Booster Gold, um, but let's get, let's get all the characters the Watchmen are based off of, <laughs> <laughs> right? But yeah, like I, I don't know. Yeah, the strength of this movie is that um, I think he's good enough to spin and lead his own. But like, you want the family here, like, because the next time you see him, you're gonna wonder what they're doing. You're gonna wonder like why it. we can't stop and see them or. And it, uh, uh, one uh, one scene, oh, I called him on the phone thing's not going to do it. It'd be like if they made a Shazam sequel after already showing us the family and then it's like, yeah, the family's on vacation. It's just Shazam stuff. Yeah, like, and that's, that's, that's I think, what? as much as I love that cast, I, I 
I don't know how you do it with, you know, because again, you'd bring it with just him. Okay, fine. It's with, okay, whatever. Although to be fair, a team up with Blue Beetle and Shazam would be pretty amusing. There's stuff you can do with the dynamics right there. I I, yeah. can't, I, can't, I think a lot of it's that we have such a big question mark about what's next. Like regardless of how many clues and um, uh, 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 speeches that James Gunn gives on Twitter and whatnot about like what's mm-hmm. the future of the DC universe. We don't really know beyond there's a Superman movie and some titles he named off. But like what's that all going to look like? There's like, the thing that he's being smart with is you're going to have to see what the DC universe is. He's yeah, not gonna, I appreciate He's that. not going to tell you, you know? Yeah, it's more of like, if we're trying to openly speculate here, we have nothing really to offer. So. Here are the films we're planning on making, and here are is the cast for one of them. So, yeah, pretty much. Trust my filmmaking. Trust what you've seen before. And yeah, while, while I hear stuff about the Superman, I'm just like, eh, yeah, well, we'll see. You know, like that's... Pretty much, uh, Scott. If if Michael Goff had a little little picture somewhere in the Flash, would that have made you smile? <laughs> if what? If, like they're in the kitchen when Michael Keaton's talking with Barry about time travel, and you see over his shoulders a little oh. like picture of Michael Goff in the background. <laughs> well, only if I think that his estate got paid. <laughs> Fair you know what happened? Obviously, McGregor syndrome kicked way back in after that. <laughs> <laughs> <He> died immediately. <laughs> Batman killed Mr. Freeze after he's like, you told me it was cured. <laughs> I didn't I, around, I, didn't I, I didn't feel that side effects. Uh, the, a bust of Pat Hingle. It was not a tumor. Gotham's finest. Uh. Okay. Well, that, that'll wrap us up here for our final portion, part four of the Farewell DC EU, I just wrapped it up, and uh, which means it's time for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Which uh, that I episode, believe in James Wan, I believe in James Wan, I believe in James Wan. We all do. Um, <laughs> so we'll when that one drops, it'll drop. We don't have a specific date or whatever set for it because it's coming out holiday time, and we all have holidays and travel and families and stuff that uh, we, we spend that time with. But uh, we will be covering it and we'll look back on what we've seen and what's going forward at that time. So um, before we bid adieu here, Aaron, where can people keep up with you? Well, first off, I'm, I'm just happy to have been here to participate in all of this. Nothing brings me more joy than being a part of hearing Scott inadvertently troll Zack Snyder on the week of a new Zack Snyder film release. So that's really Ah! fun. Um, Hey, I'm going to be there opening night. uh, (laughs) uh, You can find me uh, hosting my own podcast with my friend Abe. It is called Out Now with Aaron and Abe. We talk about weekly movie releases. We do monthly commentaries. Brandon is featured on almost all of those. Scott shows up when he wants to. That's not true. He's on a lot of them also. Um, And we have a lot of other fun bonus. I even show up when I don't want to. Exactly, which is hmm. really odd. He's the Scott in the Shelf. That's what we call him. Um, <laughs> but yeah, out now, there and today, everybody can find podcasts. Always a lot of fun going on over there. I write movie reviews for Lead of Entertainment. Um, I write Blu-ray and Criterion reviews for Why So Blue. I'm on the Twitters at Aaron's PS4. And yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. All right. Scott, give us, uh, give I... us the scoop. <laughs> I just started a new Substack called The Outside Scoop. I, yeah, yeah. 
Lots of ice cream. I'm gonna have to do fucking ice cream buns every time I do these now, aren't I? The Rocky Road, Scott. Fuck. God. That was the first one he scooped up. That was the inaugural scoop. Double scoops uh, for the first week. You got two scoops. Anyway, uh, I'm also at Fuck News once a week as a uh, box office columnist. As far as social, yeah, he's he's at Puck because he banana split from the rap. <laughs> he was getting rung ragged and uh, rum raisined. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, I'm just gonna sprinkle these in on top. Oh, God, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm on Twitter, or whatever the fuck they call Twitter this week, at scottmiddleson.com. I'm on the Facebooks. I technically have accounts at, like, Blue Sky and Threads and Instagram and TikTok, but I really don't use them. Oh, so, a real Neapolitan mix of different places you can find here there. Indeed. Mm. So, yeah, right. that, that's what I'm doing. All right. Ever keeping uh, it vanilla. <sighs> Mm. All right, and I'm on the socials at Brandon4KUHD. You can find uh, about about all things PopCon, including live podcast stage podcast awards at PopCon.us. The annual holiday episode of the Brandon Peter Show with Press Maxson will be dropping between this and Aquaman at some point here, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but oh, what a- One last... Oh, no, you finished, but I want to interject when you're done. I'm sorry. Christ. <laughs> yes? What's your favorite DC films film? We'll find out on the... The, no, we're the waiting Aquaman. for okay. yeah of, of okay. this universe or just in general. Well, no, of this universe. Yeah, that's for the next episode. Okay, never mind. Carry on. So there's Scott's cliffhanger, and uh, whatever is next here, whether it's the holiday episode or Aquaman, stay film positive. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production, produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Olsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at brandonpetersshow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found.